All right, everybody, welcome back to the next episode. Today, I'm with my good friend, Ross Calcote, who is a engineering student here at Texas A&M. Ross, thank you for sitting down with me. Yeah, no problem. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so, so you're an engineering student here. Tell me a little bit about like what made you want to get into engineering and like why Texas A&M? Well, so uh, I'm planning on going uh, majoring in biomedical engineering. Um, I've always just been interested in more like the sciencey side of engineering mm -hmm. uh, and less like the physics side, I guess. Mm -hmm. So more like uh, biology and chemistry, things like that. So that's kind of why I'm hoping biomedical. That's awesome. And and so uh, on this podcast, what I like to do is is I like to watch sci-fi movies and I like to talk about a lot of the hidden themes and meanings behind them so you know are you a big movie guy yourself do you like sci-fi movies i mean i've seen a couple every now and then um i wouldn't say i'm a huge uh like sci-fi guy like i don't watch them all the time but like i enjoy right. I enjoy sci-fi right. movies so. is so when watching a movie have you ever sort of thought about any of the themes that might be present in a movie or would you call yourself more of like a casual watcher or have you ever found something that's kind of like oh like that kind of relates back to life or um i'd say overall i'm definitely like a casual watcher like it's mostly for entertainment but like i do have friends that like that um watch them for like looking for the themes or like hidden underlying meanings and like mm -hmm. talking to them about movies uh, is kind of interesting to hear like all that stuff so like i'm still intrigued by like all the underlying themes of movies i just find i don't really identify them on my own right right and so yeah today i'd like to talk to you about christopher nolan's interstellar which me and you both recently just watched and you know i'm not a super big <laughs> science guy myself i don't know a lot about like the you know the science or the physics behind a lot of this stuff but i know this movie is widely considered to be one of the more accurate depictions of physics and science and astrophysics and stuff like that so is like is that something that sort of intrigued you when watching this movie yeah um i remember i mean when we watched it uh i made a comment about how the um the docking procedure of um the ranger onto the um, space station mm -hmm. it looked uh very similar to the docking procedure of the spacex dragon capsule to the iss mm -hmm. so i mean uh definitely a more realistic depiction of space travel um so yeah yeah and i, I read somewhere that they even had they had like an astrophysicist like on set who was helping them like write the movie and manage a lot of the I guess, like, the creation and, like, the, the CGI of, like, the black hole that helped them, like, get, like, a realistic depiction of a black hole. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but, like, I with this movie, I think there's a lot of stuff that kind of, like, sticks out in terms of themes. And, like, one, one of them above all, I would say, is the soundtrack. That's one of the most obvious. And, you know, you and me both, I know, we're both we're both music guys, grew up on music, doing band, being drum majors. We're both big, uh, <laughs> both big music guys. But, yeah. um, you know, when listening to this Hans Zimmer score, like like what are some of those feelings that just that just, you know, stuck out to you while listening to that score? Uh, I mean, just like awe of like how well the movie and the score fit together. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty crazy. And I mean, like, 
we watched it at full blast. So, I mean, when Hans Zimmer shines, he with the like, organ and everything, yeah, and everything, yeah. yeah. Um, just at like certain moments, like when they're chasing the drone at the beginning of the movie, um, there's not a whole lot of like dialogue right there. It's all the uh, score that really kind of brings that uh, right. scene to life. So, and something interesting that I saw was that um, Christopher Nolan, when he first started trying to get Hans Zimmer to to work on this movie, he he didn't even have the whole plot for the movie yet. He only gave Hans Zimmer a little snippet of the plot and all that plot was a father longing to return home to his daughter. And, you know, obviously there's so much more to that movie, yeah. but that's all that he gave Hans Zimmer and Hans Zimmer actually wrote a huge chunk of the score off of that. So actually a lot of the movie was built around the score, which I think is like, that's, I think that's why it works so well and why many mm -hmm. people consider it to be like one of the greatest scores in recent history, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, well, that seems kind of like a counterintuitive way of making a movie, but I guess it worked really yeah. well. Yeah. So overall, I think one of the main themes that kind of sticks out above all of this movie is love. I think love is like at the heart of this movie, especially with Cooper and his daughter mm -hmm. through their, you know, sort of estranged relationship once, once he leaves and, the longing that he has to get back to her and her resentment towards him, even though she sort of resents him, mm -hmm. she still, you know, sort of feels that, that longing and that love for him. Yeah. And, um, something that really, really caught my eye towards the beginning of the movie when Cooper's finally leaving his family to go, to go launch into space. And when they're, when they're doing the, the countdown, you know, T minus 10, nine, they're not showing Cooper in, the in the spaceship they're showing him driving away yeah. from his family and i think that's like i would guess kind of like a metaphor for you know the real launch of this movie is that he's leaving his family yeah now that's interesting uh i thought it was cool that they did that but i guess it never crossed my mind that that was like kind of deeper meaning for something mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting to think about it like that um is like the real launch or the real journey is him leaving his family because mm -hmm. he's never done that before. He always had his family and was always there for his right. family. And and you you and me both are both Christians, and I I think there's a lot of sort of Christian undertones in this movie as well. Like if you look at um, Matt Damon's character, Doctor Mann, I think he can sort of be described as like a metaphor for for man in a, in a religious context because um you know man or men are you know great you know like we're, we're we're creations of god but in in just simple religious studies where we're also taught that you know men are men are flawed men carry sin and if you look at dr man throughout you know the beginning part of the movie um, when he's when he's sent on the Lazarus missions, which you know is also a biblical reference to mm -hmm. Lazarus, yeah. um, Doctor Man is described as one of one of the bravest people in all of mankind and a hero. But then when we finally meet Doctor Man, he's more so a coward, and he's like, "There's nothing here," and all he wants to do is get is get rescued, and he's consumed by greed and his pride and all of his emotions as well. So I think he you know, can sort of be Dr. Man as a metaphor for man, which I think is <laughs> a little on the nose for Christopher Nolan, but yeah, good metaphor. 
Yeah, um, I kind of, he, maybe also he kind of represents a little bit of temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just the temptation of, like, sin and the devil and stuff in regards to Christianity. Because, like, the temptation of, like, pressing that button and knowing he'd get saved if he presses that button when he knows that his world isn't viable for human life whatsoever. Um, but it's like, what, is he just going to sit there and die on this world or press the button and hopefully maybe get saved? Right. And in sort of on that topic of, you know, being being like a metaphor for man, if you look at Cooper, I think Cooper is sort of the antithesis of Dr. Man because while Cooper still also is you know, a man and very much is flawed in his own way. He sort of resembles, I guess, Christ in a lot more ways because everything he did was for the greater good. Like he left Mm -hmm. his family for sacrifice for the greater good Mm -hmm. of humanity. And something that's very interesting about this movie is it, is it toys with the idea of a higher power. You know, it calls, it calls the higher power them a lot. It never necessarily says God or, gods or anything it it sort of just toys with the idea of the higher power but you know it's sort of revealed in the movie that um cooper actually is of sorts the higher power by being able to transcend space time to communicate with his daughter which is you know a big mind-blowing moment in the movie of like wow this is kind of really weird but um this movie is sort of i guess deals with a lot of humanism where you know it's it's very human based as opposed to and places a lot of emphasis on the human as opposed to um the divine while it still sort of toys with the idea that there might be something more even though the human is very much the center of it yeah um cuz even though like going off that even though it was um uh cooper in the like um like communicating with his daughter uh in the black hole it still references how like there was a greater power that like built that Mm -hmm. um uh, what was the tesseract Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean even though it puts like a human emphasis on it saying that like oh it was still cooper that was like doing the communicating with his daughter there was still like a higher power that built that Tesseract and gave that opportunity to Cooper. Yeah, like even though Cooper sort of played the role of a higher power, it sort of implies that there is a higher power than, mm-hmm. than Cooper, which I think is really interesting. And I think one of the more, I guess, <laughs> a little a little bit less, you know, higher up of a analysis than that, one of the themes that's, I think, kind of present earlier in the beginning is the idea of like, what is truth? and what is not like finding truth in a lot of things. Um, Like if you look at the beginning where Cooper is talking to the school principal about his son and his daughter, you know, the teachers are mad because his daughter uh, brought a textbook that talked about the Apollo moon landings. And in this, in this near future, apparently the it's, it's just taught in school curriculum that, that the moon landings were fake and that NASA never, went to the moon and it was just a conspiracy to bankrupt the Soviets. Mm -hmm. Um, But Cooper, who is a, you know, he's a former NASA pilot and he has like all the textbooks and worked for NASA. So he's like, he's like, what the hell? Y'all don't, y'all don't believe in the moon landing. Um, And then, you know, it's interesting because then NASA is like, you know, in the, in this movie, it's a very top secret underground thing. So it's almost like they want 
NASA to be kept that secret. And they like they don't want people to believe that because they're trying to sway the public to, you know, want to stay on Earth and want to only think about the here and now instead of thinking about the beyond, which, you know, is very like, I guess, I guess kind of like Orwellian 1984 kind of vibes, like trying to suppress the truth. Yeah. And I guess like if they kind of uh, coerce the public into uh, focusing in the focusing on staying on Earth and trying to like find a solution to keep living on Earth, then no one's going to be out there looking for NASA because everyone will just assume NASA's gone. Exactly. So it allows them to stay hidden a lot more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going back on like um, when you were talking about the truth, it was kind of funny also. That's like a um, major theme because like they also kind of joke about truth with um, the robot TARS when Cooper mm-hmm. asks. Uh, What's your honesty setting? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like 90% and Cooper's like, oh, why not like change that to 100? And he's like, I find that like, absolute honesty is not not always the best best. Uh with humans because like human nature they don't always take the truth very well right yeah or we truth hurts yeah 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 that's very interesting yeah i didn't i didn't remember that until just now Mm -hmm. and yeah going back to like wanting to keep the public from thinking bigger and beyond like i feel like that's kind of human nature is to to always think beyond ourselves and to want to you know expand and keep going and and in this movie like the government or just the world itself wants to very much only focus on hey we need you know we need more farmers we need to repopulate the earth we just need like we you know we can't send your son to college we need him to be a farmer kind of thing mm-hmm. but but cooper is he's like no humans are pioneers we're meant to to explore we're meant to go to the beyond so yeah it's it's almost like cooper is the the main sense of human reason in this movie when everybody else is just that almost has lost that yeah uh, i think there also might be like a little bit of like the uh robot like like tars is kind of dynamic like he's not really a static character because even though he has a 90 percent honesty um uh, like setting setting yeah. yeah um and that's so like he doesn't like he can lie to the lie to humans so that way they perform better i guess mm-hmm. because the truth hurts at the end of the movie like or towards the end of the movie he still like plays them the message of um cooper's daughter telling them that uh their that plan a was never a viable option mm-hmm. it was um, always only plan b yeah so i wonder if that's like kind of showing like cars maybe a little bit of um growth there even though he's a robot um kind of because i mean that definitely a 90 percent parameter and saying that that definitely would have fallen within the 10 percent yeah to lie about because you you saw the way they reacted to that um that's definitely one of those like oh truth hurts um Mm -hmm. thing that tars would have lied about if he still had that 90 percent honesty parameter Mm -hmm. and that's that's a whole nother can of worms that, that we don't really have time to get into. But the idea of, and I've talked about it in a couple of my previous episodes, is the idea of, like, do robots or AI, like, are they just sort of these mindless beings or are they capable of, you know, sort of feeling these human emotions? And, mm-hmm. like, I talked about that when I watched uh, Blade Runner 2049. But, yeah, that, that's that's very interesting as well because, you know, TARS was very capable of, you know, showing them and playing them that video and also being aware that 
you know, 100% honesty isn't always the best thing. So yeah, that's another connecting the dots of sci-fi movies of yeah. is automated intelligence really something more than just robotic. Yeah. Just like underlying themes of like common themes between lots of different sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. So just to sort of wrap up a little bit when watching this movie and having this discussion that now, did you like, did you find it hard to enter into this sort of like, deeper analysis or like are you thinking about it now you're like oh yeah like like that is true (laughs) um i was mostly just excited just because like i've had i mean i was a little nervous like doing it recorded and stuff but um (laughs) you did great you did great (laughs) mostly excited because um like other times i've had um conversations like these with some of my more like serious movie watcher friends Mm -hmm. i I always find it interesting to see kind of how they think about the movies and like all the like hidden underlying themes and stuff Mm -hmm. like dang i didn't think about it like that but like mind blown Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah so yeah and that's why i was like excited to talk about this movie with you as well is because it's you know it's one of the more sciencey science Mm -hmm. fiction movies and you know you're you're a you're a science guy yourself big engineering guy and sense and you know, this is this is one of my favorite movies, honestly. So I was like, hey, let's let's connect some of these dots. <laughs> but but yeah, thanks so much again for sitting down with me, Ross. It was great to talk about some of these themes with you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for this opportunity. It was, yeah. it was awesome, a lot of fun, learned a lot. You know? Yeah, of course. And I'll see y'all on the next episode. <laughs>